Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and some of our favorite food content. Now, as people who run a food blog and YouTube channel, we have some interest in the influence that influencers have on your food choices. And that's what this episode is about. Now, before we go any further, I think we should issue a trigger warning because there is yes. some discussion around eating habits and diet and any any of those, anything that falls under that umbrella is being discussed in this episode. So if that's not for you, feel free to not listen to this episode and we'll catch you in the next one. Mm-hmm. We're discussing this topic because we came across an article from BBC that talked about how food influencers affect what we eat. I think we kind of just, like, let's go overall. When you came across it, what did you think you were going to learn from this article? Or what did you think it was going to say? I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot more about, like, food trends and things like that. And more like, you know, general ideas like people are eating more like this now versus like this. Because, you know, TikTok popularized this or whatever it is. That's what I thought it would be. I think that's what I was expecting too. Like, or to go down that route of like hacks or like gimmicks that have come from food influencers who are like, oh, go try this. But really, it's not actually a great thing to try or it's really wasteful or things like that. But that's not actually the direction that this article took. Yeah, no. So it sounds like they did a... there's a few quote-unquote studies that they're referencing and it talks about how viewing there's a really great line a smorgasbord of options available (laughs) to us and how viewing that all the time constantly on your feed can impact your cravings or what you want to eat like these endless posts of steaming snacks and glistening morsels. For a second, I thought you meant literally steaming snacks. And I was like, who's steaming their snacks? <laughs> this is how they describe this. Yeah. I, thought, I don't know any steaming snacks. I mean, I guess you could have like steamed broccoli could be a snack easily. It's pretty good if you add a little salt to it. It's really funny that you say broccoli, though. <laughs> why because like that's a quote-unquote healthy food yeah quote-unquote healthy food and that kind of is the direction that this whole article goes is like healthy food versus unhealthy food yeah it basically talks about that like they talk about marketing and then they talk about influencers like they kind of mix both which i mean influencers are are a rev or like are an avenue of marketing as well but they're more than just marketing but uh yeah they kind of talk about basically like fast food and the influence marketing has had on people's health via their diet yeah i think the first part of it is interesting to discuss like the whole idea obviously influencers are part of marketing right and the idea that marketing impacts the food you eat or the food you buy is not at all a new thing and I feel like they were kind of making it sound like it's a brand new thing that is happening to people but maybe it's just the scale of it that's happening yeah I think it's more because it's literally in the palm of everybody's hand rather than like it's in a newspaper or it's in on a television or it's on the radio it's no no no. you take out your phone to text somebody you open Instagram it's there I think that's kind of what I I assume that's what they were getting at is that it is so accessible now (laughs) 
yeah so we're way more surrounded by food imagery even if it's not intentional marketing you're seeing food just because people are sharing food yeah like that was the kind of the original stereotype of what instagram was it made everybody take pictures of their food and post it yeah it's like what this podcast is named after camera (laughs) eats first yeah we are a part of the problem quote unquote problem (laughs) that actually is a discussion because like we could be considered a type of influencer yeah we post about food yeah what role are we playing in this i don't know the answer do you know the answer i don't know the answer either (laughs) well that the the problem is that you know we don't post on our stories all the time so we're not inundating people with uh our food choices but i would say that the pictures on our feed could except Mm -hmm. the i don't know how to classify the pictures on our feed because like the second half of this discussion is about the way this article frames the food that we're seeing and the impulses it causes in people yeah so instead of like going down the the whole like hack or gimmick route they focused so much on the fact that we're surrounded by unhealthy food on instagram and one okay one i thought they were going to go for hacks and two i thought they were going to go for the way that we are being influenced by health and wellness influencers yeah that okay i was reading this too and i was like i got to i finished it and i was like they completely disregarded the fact that there's like a bunch of like there's the health and wellness industry quote unquote health and wellness industry that's so prevalent on social media yeah and i feel like disregarding that is kind of missing a whole problem on social media like me are we just more because i feel like i see more of that side and more concern on that side than i do on what they focused on yeah i think this is yeah because i don't like i'm trying to i can understand what they're saying to an extent but i'm also like they also talk about in this where it's like it's human biology to seek out the most calorically dense foods quote-unquote unhealthy foods um because that's how our ancestors used to because they had to hunt and scavenge for their food so they'd want the most calorically dense food so that they had energy to go about their day so we're still our brains they talk about how our brains are still programmed that way to like crave calorically dense foods rather than quote-unquote healthy foods or ones that don't have as many calories in them um so like i can understand what they're saying but i'm also like but if you're talking about how the brain is wired to like then is it even marketing's fault (laughs) yeah it's kind of a bit of both yeah like i can understand obviously marketing is not clean like they are not okay here marketing is not always a great industry to be in they don't do the greatest things. But like, I also mean like, like if our brains are like wired to be, to seek out a burger over a salad, I don't know how much showing somebody a salad would change that. And I also don't like that idea at all. Not just because of how I feel about salads, but just because <laughs> of how it speaks to like, I just feel like it speaks to an ingrained diet culture. Yeah. I think what the... 100%. I think what this article is missing so much as... as Like, in addition to most health and wellness-focused things, is 
they completely leave out the enjoyment food gives people. Like they only talk about the health, the like vitamins, the energy, that kind of stuff. They completely disregard and don't even mention that food also brings people joy. Yeah. You know, actually, let's give them some credit for finding a new angle to the food influencer debate or discussion where they said, you know what? Influences are, no, they are not making harmful trends. They are not making everybody have dietary problems. They're making you all eat fast food that looks really good. I feel like you don't hear that story as often. So good job. Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly, I think this article would have been better if they just focused on marketing as a whole. Because I was like, I don't know how many influencers promote fast food. Yeah, are we just... <laughs> Maybe we're not in that corner of the influencer world. But like, I don't see any... Like when I think of an influencer promoting food, I think of food bloggers. And most of the time they're promoting their own recipes, not a fast food restaurant's food. Yeah. I Yeah, I was wondering that too. I was like, am I just... Are these people on a completely different side of Instagram than I am? Which is obviously always possible but (laughs) yeah we are in the food blogging space a lot i mean we are specifically in the vegan food blogging space so we do see a lot of vegan things and unfortunately veganism is tied to the health and wellness industry a lot yeah i try not to look at those two yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it does so it's also in the near the beginning of the article it talks about how a lot of our food choices tend to be influenced by whoever we are around yes which 100 percent true it's your parents basically is what they're saying yeah except i did think of the fact that like hutch has failed to pick up a lot of your good food habits <laughs> yeah but hutch didn't grow up with me <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's still early days so though, there's time though for i him. will say like his mom probably eats more like i do and he didn't pick up any of those mm. <laughs> other than boiling vegetables <laughs> I just found that funny because I thought, about, well, Hutch and Kat, do they, have they picked up each other's eating habits? I don't know, but. Uh, I don't think I've picked up Hutch's. We have this discussion all the time where I'm just like, Hutch, I don't understand how you don't love food. Right. Like, how do you not absolutely love food? Like, every time I take a bite of something new and it's so good, I'm just like, oh my God, like, this is so good. Oh yeah, I do have like, a dance. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I was like, what's wrong with you? How do you not like... He's like, I th- I like food. I was like, no, I love food. <laughs> yeah, no. Food is like a full body experience. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm just thinking <laughs> about really good food now. Um, but they introduce that point because they go on to say that now the relationships you might have with quote unquote relationships you might have with people who you see on your social media feed can sort of pick up that same kind of habit where you see their eating patterns enough 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 that you're like oh I want some of that too or I'm gonna start buying that stuff too and I think that's 100% true I was influenced today someone posted about a restaurant I'm like I'm gonna eat that I'm gonna try it they said it was really good so I'm gonna try it there we go and I had I had like the rice and nori and sriracha mayo oh. type dish that you know Emily Marco was making popular. It wasn't because of her. I just really like that dish. But you know, I thought like this was a huge example of that happening. Yeah, but you that's something that you probably wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for the influence and the like widespread it got on social media. So because we are 
on social media so much and developing these relationships, I think, is that considered a parasocial relationship? Yeah. So a parasocial relationship is where you feel like you are connected to this person even though you only know them through like, let's say Instagram or something, you don't actually have a real relationship, but you feel like you do. Yeah. That's what we're calling that now. And by we, I mean like (laughs) the world, it seems like. (laughs) I didn't make that up. (laughs) Yes. So social media has like heightened that whole psychological process. And so they go on to say that the people, you see the people you're following buying all this fast food all the time. And then you're like, oh, I want fast food. Which, again, I don't know what corner of the internet they're on. Yeah, I want to see fast food. Like, I see people eating restaurants. Like, they post about a good restaurant or something, but it's not necessarily fast food. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really see a lot of people posting about McDonald's. <laughs> maybe, again, maybe it's because we're on the vegan corner of the food blogging world, but I don't know. I just, I feel like that, like, maybe, and maybe it happens more in the UK because this is a UK-based thing, but, like, I don't see it. And they they even went so far to say that, like, people are more likely to engage with photos of fast food. Do you think that's true? I think, okay, so I think they misworded this. (laughs) Because there was another point where they talked about how, like, I think it goes back to the, like, something that's perceived as being more calorically dense. Yes, yeah. So, like, people are more likely to engage with a burger over a salad. And I just think they're calling it fast food. I think they're basically calling unhealthy, quote-unquote unhealthy food, fast food in this for whatever reason yeah so i tend to agree like because i think i i see it in myself like i scroll past salads all the time and i'm like yeah i don't care about that oh my gosh yeah (laughs) but like i will stop if i see a really good looking burger Mm -hmm. so i i somewhat agree but it's just it's weird that they just specifically called out fast food yeah i definitely i'm I'm on that side too and i think we see that with our recipes as well you know the ones that are more indulgent let's say tend to do better they also photograph very well let's be honest oh yeah um but I, it also made me think of like well what are other types of food or food trends that got really popular and i didn't expect and i just kept thinking of that lady on tiktok who would put like cream cheese on a red pepper <gasps> and just bite into janelle. it <laughs> janelle yeah and i was like well what about that yeah that's quote unquote would they call- consider that healthy the people who wrote this article I feel like they would, but they don't ever yeah. really define what their definition of healthy versus unhealthy is. They basically just told us fast food is unhealthy. <laughs> they basically told us that we should avoid foods that make us feel good or feel happy. And that's like, that's not a strict definition. A food that makes you feel good can vary day to day. For sure. There are some days I actually really do want a salad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't think you can be using these words for food, but they do. Yeah, I think the problem with this article, and it's a recent article, which is even more shocking to me. Like, it's from December of 2021. Um, I think, at least from where, where I see it, I think at least people... It's starting to shift in a way that people view food. And again, it's not shifted enough yet. There's still a very unhealthy relationship between humans and food. But like, I think it's starting to shift in a way where people are starting to view food as what feels good for my for my mental health versus physical health first. Because I think, to me, 
mental health is the thing you need to focus on first more than anything else in my opinion (laughs) and what your body is craving and what it wants because like if you withhold something from it you're never gonna be kind of happy like you're just gonna build this kind of like horrible relationship with food so I feel like that's how what I see is people shifting more to that being like my body is asking for this I'm gonna give it this whether it's a burger or a salad or a sandwich or poutine or whatever it is but they're talking about how it's like no just feed your body vegetables yeah which blows my mind like because they're basically saying you need to educate yourself on how you're being influenced by bad food quote-unquote bad food on social media as if as if the only reason we like bad food is because people are posting about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, quote unquote, bad food. Yeah. But then it makes me think about, like, well, what about the other side of people posting about food, which is, like, very restrictive eating habits? Like, that, I feel like it goes back to what you were saying about educating on eating habits and a healthy relationship with food is actually what you need to be focusing on because you're out here saying that like unhealthy food on our feed is the problem when I actually think it's the opposite like these these healthy quote these things disguised as healthy habits that are actually harmful diet culture things I think those are the things on social media that are actually problematic and need to be educated about yeah I think the problem is we talk about food beyond what it actually is. Food is food. That's all it is. It's just food. It fuels your body. It makes you happy. It whatever. But like we start wrapping food up in so many different things where we're like, no, no, no. It has to be under this. Like we complicate food too much instead of just eating food. And I feel like that's the issue. It's not somebody's posting a burger, but they're posting a burger and saying, oh, it's a guilty pleasure. Oh, guilty. Don't use that word with your food right? It's the things we're adding to the food and we're like assigning to the food that is making the influencing bad. It's not the food itself. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, yeah. It's how you're framing the food and the relationship with food, right? Like it's it's when we post a salad being like, oh, it's, you know, health. Like you talk about it being healthy. Why do we need to talk about anything being healthy or not? Just be like, this is a salad. It tastes really good. Yeah. Like that's all you need to say. Talk about the ingredients, you know? Like, that's all you need to talk about food. You don't need to be like, this is a guilty pleasure or this is perfect for kickstart your Monday after an indulging weekend. Like, you don't need to talk about all that stuff. (laughs) And I'm sure 100% we've probably been guilty of it ourselves. It is a hard thing to break habits like that. But like, I think that's the problem, not the food itself. Yeah, 100%. Like, they even quote a study in this article where they say one study estimated that children and adolescents see marketing for food between 30 and 189 times per week on social media apps with fast food and sugary drinks being the most common so like to me that sounds more like traditional marketing rather than influencer marketing right because like does coca-cola do a lot of influencer marketing i why would it need to (laughs) right that's the thing i feel like it's more they're talking about like ads before youtube videos or a random ad in your instagram school not like sponsored instagram posts if that makes sense although like one example i can think of is dunkin donuts and tiktok influencers oh i've never i've never seen a dunkin donuts tiktok influencer or that just means like you i think that's really gen z because charlie d'amelio yeah she had like a whole like dunkin donuts 
thing and Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee was like a whole thing. Huh. And so she got like lots of sponsors and lots of swag to like keep promoting Dunkin' Donuts. So I feel like that's maybe an example of like a sugary. So yeah, I mean, there's no denying it. There's going to be restaurants, fast food places, uh, un quote unquote unhealthy drinks, sugary drinks. That's what they called it. Mm -hmm. Sugary drinks that are going to link up with influencers. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's more the traditional celebrity route rather than the influencer celebrity route. Sorry, rather than the social media influencer. And I know technically Charlie D'Amelio is a social media influencer. But I do feel like, and we've talked about this in the past, there is a point where you stop becoming a social media influencer and you're just a celebrity. And I think Charlie D'Amelio is at that point. I don't know when she did this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know when she did that point. But like, I also like, I don't, to me, I've never once seen a food blogger post about... Okay, I guess that's a lie. Okay, I guess A&W Canada has done stuff with like edgy veg and things mm-hmm. like that they've done things so i guess there are there is some of it but i don't see a lot of it and again it's it still comes back like for me it still comes back to the way we are framing food and the way we are talking about food because like, i can't believe that they quote an article about worrying about kids seeing fast food and sugary drinks and they don't talk about worrying about kids seeing diet culture or restrictive diet habits that they should be like especially for teenage girls like I know it happens to everybody but it's always been like such a big focus to make sure that like they're not getting inundated with that yeah it's no yeah it's so like I feel like it's well beyond marketing's fault I think it's more about just how humans interact with food now it's this whole I had a burger I have to have a salad now or you know I I can't think of another example, but like, it's just, it's like, it's everything. It's how you were raised. And again, it's not saying like, oh, your parents are to blame for this. It's also how they were raised. But like, it's just this weird, really unhealthy relationship we have with food where we've assigned, no, this is treat food. This is healthy food. You have to finish your plate before you get dessert. You have to earn dessert. You have to earn this type of food. Like, it's all these like, really, we're learning now again. I don't blame anyone for this kind of stuff because a lot of it is just kind of what we were told to do. That's that's the issue is that we don't we don't have healthy relationships with food. If we had a healthy relationship with food, marketing wouldn't be as influential as they are. Exactly. Like that is such old news. <laughs> right? That's the thing. Like it blows my mind that it was like this it feels like probably highly paid professionals who are doing these studies on things that we don't need studies for we know we know that like marketing works but it only works because people like we're told that a burger is better than a salad because i don't i i I don't know how to explain it but like it's just like i was like i'm reading this and i was like i feel like this is common sense and you're missing so much of the story I 100% that's what I felt as I was reading it. I mean, there is there is a point where they're talking to a professor of psychiatry who talks about how some of us are less influenced by content, but for others who are already at risk and may have symptoms of eating disorders, having more content that normalizes unhealthy eating patterns could trigger someone to move towards unhealthy behaviors, which is what we're getting at. But like they also didn't, this is what I think. So I think when they're talking about unhealthy habits, I think it's 
They're probably talking about what we're saying, both on the healthy side and the unhealthy side, quote unquote. But when it's put into the center of an article that's talking only about how burgers are bad, this makes it feel like they're like, oh, somebody's posting about a burger and it's making this person have an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Like they they say a lot of things and then they say there's also, you know, like this possibility because they're like, even though you could see a lot of burgers in your feed, whether or not you act on those feelings can vary on like a lot of circumstances. So they add in all these things, but I still feel like the overall message they're trying to send is that influencers post too much unhealthy food, influence food influencers equals bad. Yeah. One thing I didn't mind, and I think again, it's common sense, but like they did, they talked about that study where, um, the more influence a person is perceived to have, the more likely you are to influence people, which is, and it's common sense, but they talked about, like they did this study where they had two Twitter accounts, one with 400,000 followers and one with like, what was it like 20 or something like that. And they posted the same content and then they showed it to a different, two different groups of people. And like it was quote unquote healthy food was like salads and things. And the group that saw the post from the 400,000 follower account were more said they were more likely to go out and get a salad or whatever (laughs) whatever it was which like i like is obviously 100 percent true like it's there's like these weird like your brain sees this number and you're like whoa ten thousand people liked this it must be so good like i should try this yeah i mean my first thought was you ran this study on twitter (laughs) okay me too. I was like, how old is this study? <laughs> like, Twitter does have some good food content, but that's probably not where I would go to run this kind of study. And, like, I feel like Twitter maybe used to be a place where you could have run that study. Yeah. But, like, not anymore. Yeah. Like, it's an Instagram or a TikTok. Yeah. And the whole idea that when you see a photo or a tweet in your feed, you don't know how many followers they have. You know how many likes the photo has gotten, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, who conducted this? <laughs> In what Twitter world are you living? Or I wonder if the study was, and again, I didn't do a deep dive into what the study was, but like I would imagine the study was like, here's a photo of a salad an influencer posted. They had half a million followers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you trust this salad? <laughs> do you trust this salad? <laughs> Do you want to eat this salad? Listen, if it's a good salad, I don't care who's talking about it. If you can make a salad look good, you're good in my books. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there is a lot of truth to that study. Again, as flawed as it might have been, I don't know how they conducted it. (laughs) But I think there is a lot of truth. There's a lot of times where small creators will use creators. Small creators will come up with a recipe. And then, like, again, they have less reach but people don't really listen to it or they like they're like oh cool that's a cool recipe but then as soon as a big creator does it it's like blown up and people are like i'm obsessed with this and you're like yeah there was a bunch of people doing it already but you weren't obsessed with it then <laughs> um so i think there is truth to that um but one other thing i wanted like i feel like they came so close so close like there was a there was just they completely just skipped over moments where they could have talked about things there's the ones where it says in one study he and his team asked participants to watch one of two videos one with calorie light and one with calorie dense foods those who watched more calorie dense foods felt more positive afterwards so shouldn't your conclusion be that burgers make people happy and 
oh my gosh <laughs> what is wrong with calorie dense foods yeah like there are a lot of quote-unquote healthy foods that are calorie dense yeah that's a terrible way to measure yeah but also i just like you t- instead of taking that oh burgers make people happy and feel joy you took oh no marketing is poisoning our brains (laughs) yeah we shouldn't think that like melty cheese looks good yeah why not that that's that's unnatural (laughs) yeah that's not right i feel like they were so close on so many points where i'm like oh the study's showing you that food makes people happy that's bad oh you're just gonna ignore that okay cool yeah (laughs) Yeah, and then like a few paragraphs before they mention that study, they're all like, we're a long way away from being able to nudge people towards healthier diet with posts about salads and steering people away from the power- powerful pictures of oozing protein. What is wrong with oozing protein? I don't know. I just like, I really hate this framing food as good and bad. I really hate it. F- all food is good because all food is delicious. Yeah. All food is good food. It's just, it's so disappointing. There's a reason we've evolved to look for calorie-dense food in food-scarce environments, but eating what feels good is misfiring. We need, we now need to find ways to recalibrate this. That sent, that, those two sentences, I was like, what? What did you just say? Eating what feels good is misfiring. In the year 2021, you said we need to recalibrate looking for food that feels good? That's like, that's especially like, yeah, during a pandemic, get all the comfort you can find. Like, it is so frustrating. Like, I feel like this article should have been written in the year 2000, not 2021. And again, the definition of food that feels good to somebody is different for everybody and is different every day. Because good isn't just one thing. Yes. Also, like, I really want to know... What is considered, what is the line of calorie light versus calorie dense? And like, how do you measure that? Like, I, I want to, I want to know how you're measuring that. Like, because there's also, like we said, they completely miss the point of joy and happiness that food brings people. But also like, <laughs> calorie light food doesn't necessarily fill you up. You need a certain number of calories. It doesn't really matter how you get to there. Your body needs a certain number of calories to function. Right? Like there are fully diets out there that will tell you to limit calories. And sometimes they don't even factor in like who you are. It's like such a general number that works for like one white dude. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, no, no, this one person needs 2,000 calories a day. So everybody needs 2,000 calories a day. So you must eat... 1200 calories a day (laughs) everybody not everybody but like your body needs the same amount of calories each day to function i mean depending on how active you are it changes every day but like your body needs a set number of calories each day to function nobody knows what that number is Mm -hmm. because it's different for everybody and it changes day to day Mm -hmm. like how active you are in a day you know all that stuff changes how you get to that point of eating that number of calories does not matter at all (laughs) eat what your body is telling you to eat and what you are craving and what you are wanting, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. I do kind of like the way towards the end of the article, they say they're quoting somebody and this person said, I expect that food cues are stronger in person. We're not engaging in the same way when scrolling through photos and we're not engaging for long. Also, some research shows that if we're scrolling through lots of photos, we start to tune them out. We start to feel something that feels like sati- satiety. satiety. 
as if we've <laughs> eaten them all. <laughs> Which I that just sounded like a contradiction. Like you turn tune them out, but then also you're gonna feel full. I've consumed all of these. I scroll, I consume. But also the last sentence of this article is the worst sentence in this article. At least if you do choose to only enjoy these feasts over Instagram, it won't leave you needing to loosen your belt. And that is why this article is bad. This article is as big of a problem as any other marketing agency is. Like you're literally talking about if you need to loosen your belt, you've done something wrong. Yeah, you've Like, I'm sorry, what? And it's Instagram and Instagram influencers' fault. (laughs) Yeah, it is Instagram's fault. Again, Instagram is not innocent. No, social media is not (laughs) innocent. None of that is innocent. But like, I'm sorry. Telling some say like telling somebody that if you need to, if you go up a size or need to loosen your belt or unbuckle your jeans, whatever it is that you like fell for the marketing trap and that you did something wrong and bad, you're the problem, not social media i mean social media is a problem too but like that's another you're part of the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you were creating this you're basically telling people if you eat a burger you should feel guilty about it yeah this whole idea of adding fear and guilt to food is toxic and we are supposed to be moving in the opposite direction and i actually think that there's a lot of spaces on instagram that are helping with that and so they're looking at this extreme of whatever they define as unhealthy food, they're not mentioning the other extreme, which focuses too much on whatever people might call healthy food. And they're not talking about this middle where we are trying to develop and talk about and share a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. I think that's what social media is actually helping people do more. Because like how many of the people on Instagram right now are, let's say, millennials or even like early gen x who grew up with moms or parents who were always dieting like we are all the result of that right we've so now we're all like fighting back against it or even if you didn't notice them dieting we're talking about oh i gained five pounds or oh i need to lose weight or whatever it is yeah like you don't necessarily need to have seen somebody dieting to be affected by the early 2000s <laughs> the 90s and early 2000s yeah it's the way they were talking about food or their about bodies. themselves yeah. yeah or like yeah oh i shouldn't have eaten that whole burger or i shouldn't have eaten that extra slice of pizza like just assigning this and again i'm sure both of us still do this all the time and it's also i think it's also too because so many people who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s have had to grow up through all of that toxic diet culture i think it's one of those things where it's still you're you're trying to kind of learn like there are some times where i'm like oh yeah i probably actually shouldn't have eaten that extra piece of pizza not because it's unhealthy but because i actually don't really feel well that now (laughs) so you're still trying to find kind of i think the whole generation is still trying to learn where their happy point is with food and where their balance point is with food so like it's so confusing (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, if you're anyone who's out there who does enjoy kind of debunking wellness culture and wellness discussions, you should listen to Maintenance Phase, a podcast, where basically they go through like common wellness things that are actually harmful and they just like break them down. 
Oh, cool. Demystify them. It's a really, really good podcast. So I recommend it if you enjoyed this sort of discussion about toxic trends. What was it called again? Maintenance phase. Okay, so final takeaways. Eat what you're craving. Eat what brings you joy. Eat what your body needs to thrive. Eat until you're full. And also, we're not saying that influencers are innocent or Instagram is innocent. We're just saying that this one, this article chose to point out some uh, in- interesting angles. Yeah, that maybe social media and Instagram is fueling a problem that was already there because of how we've had a discussion about food in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think there's any shame in looking at pictures of food that make you drool. Oh, my goodness. We spent a lot of time trying to make those pictures. Yeah, 100%. That's our whole goal every time. No matter what it is, we want to make it look as oozing as possible. Whether it's a salad or a burger, we want an oozing salad. Yeah, yeah. We want to make you feel something. But yeah, I just think, I think people need to just let food be food and that's it. Preach. I think that is an excellent note to end on and mindset to try to move forward with. And if anyone is curious, we will obviously link this article in the show notes so you can read it for yourself and see how you and feel. Cringe, about it. And cringe with us. Yeah. If you want to share any of your thoughts or if you come across other articles or discussions like this that you think we could discuss uh please do send them along you can dm us on social media or you can email at a, email us at twomarkergirls at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and if you do want to see some very attractive food <laughs> you can find our food at twomarkergirls.com or twomarkergirls on youtube <laughs> what was it some very what was the word they kept using something proteins what was oozing it? oozing proteins oozing if you want to see some oozing food photos some steaming Check out snacks two market girls <laughs> steaming i can't some what glistening morsels what the heck is that <laughs> somebody got a little carried away with their adjectives yeah really they're like thesaurus 